Amen. Thank you for being with us this morning. If you would stand, we'll continue with our song service. Galatians chapter 4, verse number 4 says, But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his Son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. We're glad that each and every one of you chose to be here this morning. Brother Fry, would you open us in a word of prayer, please? Join us to singing hymn number 243, Victory in Jesus.
If you stand, if you will, you're probably just thinking, I would sure like to sing that song with the choir. Well, you get an opportunity to now. M number 432, Angels from the Realms of Glory. be seated.
Once again, we'll sing hymn number 429, Hark the Herald Angels Sing.
Sometimes I get so excited for church, I forget to turn this thing on. So I apologize for that. I love that song. I had a friend, um, some of you know him, um, Brother Glenn Bond. Brother Glenn Bond, every time I'd talk to him, uh, I'd ask him how he's doing. He said, well, I just feel like I'm God's only child. And he said, God's just so good to me. And, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of truth to that when you think about how good God has been to you. Um, he's just been amazing in my life. I'm so thankful for my relationship with Jesus and what it means to me. Uh, it's a fabulous thing. So uh, for our, our guests here today, I just want you to know that uh, today is kind of a, we're kind of zeroing in on our missions, okay? 
Uh, we're a very missions-minded church. I imagine we support somewhere around 60, maybe 70 missionaries, something like that. We pray for them every Wednesday night by name. Uh, we're very dedicated to our missionaries. And uh, today, uh, the first Sunday of, of uh, December, excuse me, <coughs> the first Sunday of December, we always take what we call Christmas missions offering. And uh, we have uh, sent from our very own church, uh, Mrs. Quinlan, Mrs. Yarnell, uh, the Richard Joyce Crotz family, the Richard and Leslie Crotz family, and Marty and Glenda Bush. <coughs> and um, we uh, take this special offering uh, to be divided among them to help them to be able to have a good Christmas. And uh, you may say, well, why is that necessary? Well, they're not like us. Uh, they're on foreign fields, therefore they don't have the opportunity to go out and get another part-time job or work a little overtime. They are totally reliant upon the money that is given to them from churches. And so we want to be a blessing to them. We started this uh, 30-some years ago when I became pastor, wanting to be a blessing to our missionaries. And God has always blessed our church for being a blessing to them. And so uh, we will collect this over the next week or so is usually how it goes. And uh, then before Christmas, we'll uh, issue the checks. Uh, but we'd encourage you, if you uh, would like to be involved, to do so. <coughs> if you're um, going to give to the Christmas missions offering, we're back in the track rack. We have offering envelopes. And uh, you can put it under the missions and put Christmas. Or you can go out on the far side where it says other, and you can write Christmas mission offering, and then uh, give your total that way. It'd be a real blessing to our missionaries. So, with that all said, I invite your attention to Isaiah chapter 9. Isaiah chapter 9. going to preach today a message entitled, Christmas Truly Shows God's Missionary Heart. The simple version of that is carry the light, okay? Carry the light. And so Isaiah chapter 9 will, uh, is where we will go for the preaching today. If you found that, and you can stand with me in reverence to the reading of the Word of God, you can follow along as I begin to read verse number 1. Nevertheless, the dimness shall not be such as was in her vexation, when at the first he lightly afflicted the land of Zebulun, and the land of Naphtali, and afterwards did more grievously afflict her by the way of the sea beyond Jordan in Galilee of the nations. The people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. They that dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them hath the light shined. Thou hast multiplied the nation and not increased the joy. They joy before thee according to the joy in harvest and as men rejoice when they divide the spoil. For thou hast broken the yoke of his burden, and the staff of his shoulder, and the rod of his oppressor, as in the day of Midian. For every battle of the warrior is with confused noise, and garments rolled in blood, but this shall be with burning and fuel of fire. For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name 
shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Lord, we love you today and we thank you for the opportunity that is ours to come together in this place and to worship you. Lord, if we come together and sing some wonderful Christmas music and then leave, uh, we've only accomplished half of what we intend to do here today. We've come to worship you. We've come to offer our music uh, to you as praise and worship for all that you have done and given for us. We thank you for salvation for the act of salvation, for the death of Christ upon the cross, for the fact that we can be saved by asking for forgiveness of sins. God, we thank you for that. We pray that during the preaching of your word today, that the Holy Spirit would have power and freedom to take your word and drive it home in our hearts, Lord, that you might be honored and glorified through the preaching of your word here today. We pray that if there be any here that don't know you as their Lord and Savior, that they might come to that saving knowledge of Jesus that they might know what it's like to have their sins forgiven, have their name written in the Lamb's book of life, and have heaven as their eternal home. Thank you for this time together today. Bless it. Might it be used entirely for your honor and for your glory. We ask these things in your blessed and most holy name, and all the people said, Amen. You may be seated. Our first point today, and I've only got three, so don't get too excited. I just have a lot of verses and stuff underneath them, okay? But our first point is this, God gave. When we think about the fact that we need to carry the light, the first thing we need to recognize is the fact that God gave. Here in Isaiah chapter 9 and verse number 2, we read, The people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. Are you glad for that light? I mean, if you know Christ is your Savior, you know what it's like to walk in darkness. I walked in darkness for 17 years till I asked Jesus Christ to be my Lord and Savior. I saw that great light and I recognized I needed him in my life. It says, they that dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them hath the light shined. That light is shined upon the entire world, that the whole entire world might come to know Jesus in verse number 6 through 7 we read, For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth, even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. If God had not had a desire to see us saved, he would have not given the remedy for sin, which is Jesus. God desires that all mankind might be saved. Christmas is a showing of God's great care for mankind. Whatever you have in your mind about Christmas, we need to rewrite it, overwrite it with this one fact, that the reason for Christmas is to show God's great care for mankind. He cared for mankind. That's the reason he gave his son, because he cared. He sent the greatest gift ever given, 
his son. Jesus was given to mankind for the remission of man's sins. Without this great gift, mankind could never be saved. John three sixteen and 17, we read, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Probably the majority of us know that, but many times we fail to recognize verse 17 is also vitally important. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Jesus came that the world might be saved. He didn't come to just bring judgment upon sin. He came that the entire world might be saved. Because of God's love, he gave. Isaiah 9-2, we read about walking in darkness and the great light that was sent uh, in the midst of a land of the shadow of death. This light is shined because of God's love. Because God sent his son, we have the latter part of Isaiah 9, 6, and 7, where it talks that a child is born and a son is given, and all the qualities that are going to be listed there. I'm so thankful that his name is Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, and the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. And upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it, to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth, even forever. Many times we read past that in a hurry and we fail to remember it's going to be forever. That's heaven, by the way. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. So God sent a child. I was thinking... I tend to do that once in a while. I was thinking as I was putting this together, isn't it interesting that God chose to send a baby and not a warrior? He could have sent a full-grown man, a warrior, but the image that he sent was on purpose. It was on purpose that he chose a child. Amazing that it wasn't a grown man capable of war and ruling and and overthrowing this world in which we live, but he sent a baby who needed care. A child which was a picture of weakness and humility, not brashness and harshness. He sent a son, someone's son. In war, when a warrior dies, I'm always reminded of the fact that that's someone's son or daughter. I don't know how many times I've, watched a funeral service or I've watched a procession of a, of a soldier and uh, you notice that, you know, mom and dad, they fold the flag and mom and dad or the spouse is presented with the flag. And they always say, you know, in, on behalf of a, a grateful country and a, a grateful president, they hand that flag. We need to always be reminded of the fact that it was someone's son. It was God's son. His only son. It's bad enough when someone loses a child, <coughs> but it multiplies when they never have another child to come along instead of the place of the one they lost. At the cross, it was God's son. His son was given a mission, and that mission ends with shining a great light of hope 
love, and peace. On the cross of Calvary, while Christ hung there and died, the Bible records for us that there was great darkness for the space of three hours. God turned his back, could not stand to look upon his son, not because of the evil, wicked act being done to him, the crucifixion, but because the sins of mankind had been placed upon the perfect Lamb of God. And God could not look at the sin that was placed upon his son, so he turned his back and darkness covered the earth. When he arose three days later, there was light. That had been accomplished. The death had already been done. The blood had been shed. That part of the uh, act of salvation was accomplished, and now the light shines. The light shines. It radiates from the open tomb, and is love, joy, and peace that God wants to offer this world. And it's so sad how this world seeks for love, joy, and peace. We've got the Hollywood version of what love is, and nothing could be further from the truth. God's love far supersedes that of anything that man knows of, that he gave his only begotten son, that all mankind might be saved. This is the wonderful, perfect love of God. Hope, hope, oh, we have a little hope. Maybe you're your person that you voted for got in and you hope that's the answer for America, let me just let you in. None of them are the hope for America. As a Christian, our hope far supersedes any hope that we can have in a man or a person or an organization here on this earth. Because our hope is in the fact that Jesus is coming again, amen? He is our blessed hope, amen? And we know that this is not the final place which we will live. Amen? We go to a better place. We know Him as our Lord and Savior. Our sins are forgiven. The promise is given. And heaven will be our eternal home. What about peace? What about peace? I remember in 68 and 69, 70, watching on the news, the reports of the bombing raids in Vietnam, the carpet bombing that was going on. Remember what it was like to really have a nation at war? I remember all those counts of those who had been killed that day. Every day they gave a new account. I remember coming around Christmas time, and I remember the president getting on, talking about peace. We, we want a, a 24-hour peace treaty where we can, we can just all stop and celebrate Christmas. Those were always fragile things, fragile days. But let me tell you, there is a peace that passeth all understanding. And that peace is by knowing Jesus Christ as the Savior. It's so nice to go to sleep at night with peace on my mind. To know that everything is good. If I die, it's good. If I live to face tomorrow, it's good. If I die, Jesus will take me to heaven. Oh boy, I can't wait for that. I'm not signing up today necessarily, okay? But I can't wait. 
It's the hope that I have. To know that the peace, that if I make it through the night, that he'll be there tomorrow. Does that not bring peace? Oh, but you don't understand what the outlook for tomorrow is. It doesn't matter. He's already been there. He already knows. He is my peace. Such peace and love and joy only comes from Jesus as Savior. So we see that God sent. The second thing we see is that Jesus went. Okay? It's one thing to have someone send. It's another thing to have someone go. So Brother Chuck is uh, my associate here, and I could tell Brother Chuck, hey, Brother Chuck, I want you to go down to Quick Trip. I want you to buy a couple of Cokes and come on back. And uh, he goes, yeah, okay. And about 30 minutes later, I'm thirstier than I've ever been. I'm like, Chuck, where are you at? What are you doing? Oh, well, you know, I'm just finishing up cleaning my fingernails. and I, I thought you were going to get us some Cokes. Yeah, when I get around to it, I'll go. How long do you think my relationship with Brother Chuck would be sweet and loving and kind? Jesus went. Before the foundation of the world, there was a meeting with the Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. They knew that day would come, that Jesus would go. You know, Jesus could have maybe tried to busy himself in heaven. Hey, does anybody see Jesus? Does anybody know where Jesus is? I think Jesus was ready to go. He was prepared. He knew that he must come to this earth. He knew the reason he must come. He knew how he would come. He knew how it would end. He knew how he must endure things while he was here, a separation from his heavenly father. He was going to be separated for 30 plus years. He knew what the outcome was going to be, that he was going to die upon a cruel, wicked cross at the cruel, wicked hands of mankind, and yet he was willing to come. <coughs> Jesus went. Look with me, uh, 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse number 15. It says, This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners of whom... I am chief. We must make sure that we understand why Jesus came. Jesus didn't come to be a humanitarian. Jesus didn't come that the whole world might eat. <coughs> and yet, that's where religion has progressed today. We're worried about feeding the people. We're worried about being all-inclusive we don't want anyone to have any hurt feelings. We want to include everybody. Can I just tell you that goes contrary to the Word of God? The Word of God goes contrary to that. Jesus came not so that the world could eat. Jesus came to give them the bread of eternal life. And we today send missionaries around the world not to feed people, but to feed souls that people might come to know Jesus Christ as their Savior. We give to missionaries and we send them around the world. Matter of fact, we got a real live missionary here today. Brother Richard, why don't you come up here just a minute. Come quick, 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 quick. Hurry, 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 hurry. Someone might fall asleep. Real live missionary, Brother Richard Crotz. If you've never met him, uh, we've uh, commissioned him. He's been out on the road raising support. He told me today he's got 
And he says, I hope this is the last Christmas I spend in America. Amen? He wants to get to the field that God's called him to. He's going to Papua New Guinea, third generation missionary, going back to the field of Papua New Guinea. I'm so excited for him. So excited for him to go. Thank you, Richard. He's ready to go. He's willing to go. We just need the finance. We've got to keep praying, amen? And got to keep helping him and encouraging him that things stay on the road, get things accomplished. Mrs. Quinlan, would you mind standing for just a minute? Here's Mrs. Pam Quinlan, missionary of ours to the field of uh, the Philippines. Her husband died with COVID a couple of years ago in the Philippines. She's come back to relocate here and be a part of the church family. Still having ties to the Philippines, still making an influence in the Philippines, but living here in America. She's one of my heroes, I just want you to know. It was also her and her husband was my youth directors when I was just a kid. She's not that old, we were just that close. Thank you. Jesus went. Men and women still go today carrying the good news of Jesus Christ. They go armed and ready. They go armed, taking with them the good news of Jesus. I already referenced John 3, 16 and 17. I want to go just a little bit deeper with verses 18, 19 through 21. Then it says, And he that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation that light is come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to light, that his deeds may be manifest, that they are wrought in God. You say, preacher, what does a person have to do To be lost, just be born. Just be born. You don't have to seek it out. We're born into this world with a sin nature. Jesus died on the cross for that sin nature. Jesus died offering salvation to all mankind. That's why I love Christmas so much. Salvation's like this great big Christmas present. And all you have to do is take it. I'm so glad I remember back in July of, what was it, 76, I got on my knees and I asked Jesus Christ to come into my heart. What a change he has made in my life. I remember getting down and, and uh, praying that prayer and getting up off my knees, and it was like the whole weight of the world was left there at the floor. It was like the sky was bluer and the grass was greener. It was just, it was amazing what God had done for me. I never want to forget what salvation was like. It was the putting away of the no hope. It was putting away of the despair. It was putting away of the fact that I had no way that I could please God myself. Heaven could not be my eternal home without Jesus Christ as my Savior. And once I gave in, once I said, I don't want to live this way any longer, I need what Jesus is offering. Once I prayed, asked Jesus to forgive me of my sins and to come in my heart, my whole life changed. So it did for many of you. I can see you nodding your heads. You know what it was like to have that change. Think about this. 
from this portion of Scripture, God loved, or God so loved the world, God gave, and the fact that he gave, God's Son, his only begotten Son, God's audience, that whosoever believeth in him, God's reason, that no one should perish but have everlasting life, and the rest of the section of the verses explain in detail why. God's only hope was this gift of Jesus coming to the earth. Brings us to our third point tonight, today, and that is that the Holy Spirit sins. The Holy Spirit sins. Matthew 28, 18 through 20, we read, Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the world. Amen. Please understand that this is a working of the Godhead. God sent His Son. Jesus came and died for the sins of man. And now the world needs to know. So God sent the Comforter when Jesus left this earth. The Comforter, the Holy Spirit. He who comforts and leads in men's and women's lives, those that are saved. If you've been saved any length of time at all, you probably know what it is to have the Holy Spirit lead in your life, to guide you, to give you wisdom beyond yourself. (coughs) He also calls all mankind to tell others what God and Jesus has done so that they might be saved. So we all have the responsibility to tell this world about Jesus. It's good to have missionaries, isn't it? It's good to have someone we can say, hey, here's my representative going to Papua New Guinea. He's going to tell those New Guineans about Jesus. But you know what? I've got a responsibility here in Shawnee to tell people about Jesus. They need to know. They still need to know, don't they? Has everyone heard? No. There's still people who need to know. People still need to hear the good news. They still need to see us being faithful at sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit still calls people today to go to areas and tell and preach the good news of Jesus that they might see that the light has shined brightly. It is amazing that the second thing that God created was light. God created on the first day even. In Genesis 1-1, we read, In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. Can you imagine what that would have been like? Let there be light. And all of a sudden, woof! Brighter than these little bulbs in here. The light shone forth. In the midst of darkness, the darkness had to flee. The light shined. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good. I think light is good. I like light. It's dangerous to go barefoot through the darkness of your house. How do you know? My little toe signifies it, okay? And God saw the light, that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. And he called the light day. 
And the darkness he called night, and the evening and the morning were the first day. Light is important to God, and it's important to man. Without light, we cannot see. The light we're talking about is a spiritual light. Oh, it's good to have the other light. It's good to have this physical light. But the real light that we need is a spiritual light. The spiritual light being put forth that man, who cannot see spiritually now, might be able to have the spiritual understanding that Jesus died for them. We at Shawnee Mission Baptist Temple have been blessed to have so many from our church that have gone to share the light. My prayer is that others will continue to go forth from our church and share the glorious gospel, that more young men and women will be called to preach the word. There's no higher calling in all the world than to tell others about Jesus. You know what they say, be careful what you pray for. Brother Chuck, come here. You got something you'd like to share with us? Since I was in high school after I got saved and started following the Lord, I, I always felt like he wanted me to pastor a church. I knew the churches were closing and nobody would go, and so ever since I was a high, uh, senior in high school, that's what I felt like the Lord wanted me to do. And so um, I, as I went to college and went into ministry as a youth director, I've always had that in my heart and my mind. And um, just a few months ago, I started talking to pastor and um, just about getting stirred up, and uh, I just was feeling like it was maybe time to go. Uh, to, to pastor somewhere, and so um, just uh, a few months ago, I started talking to a church uh, where we've had some conversations, a church in San Marcos, California, um, that doesn't have a pastor, and so uh, in two weeks, I'm going to go and candidate um, to be the pastor of the church there, and uh, we'll see what happens, how the Lord leads, but um, that's that's what God's been working on me about. Yeah. You say, well, preacher, didn't we just hire him? Kind of amazing how quickly three years goes by. In January, it'll be three years. Matter of fact, we're going to ordain him on just about his church anniversary on January 6th. Didn't we just hire him? You know what I've learned in ministry? That you need to hold everything like this. Not like this. I've watched pastors hold their families like this. Oh, you can't leave. You've got to stay in our church. You, you can't leave our church. You know, I, I wish I got three boys. I got 15 wonderful grandchildren. I wish they were all members here. None of them are members here. You know what? That's all right with me. Because I'd rather have them walking close to God, serving who knows where, than to have them live in my house, living for the devil. They wouldn't live in my house very long living for the devil, by the way. Brother Chuck um, did vacation Bible school. I remember stopping him in the hallway saying, Man, you're the best kept secret in Kansas. You do a good job preaching. I said, It won't be long. God's going to begin working in your life. He came to me in the next couple of months. He said, God's really been hammering me on this thing. He goes, Do you think I'm ready? I said, Well, we'll see if God opens the door or not. Then just a little bit later, he got this phone call from this guy out in San Marcos. And he said, uh, you know, Brother Chuck talked to me. This guy called me, and everything worked out. And lo and behold, here they go to candidate. Are they going? We don't know. 
We'll know him hopefully in a couple of weeks after he goes to Canada. Maybe he'll get out there and flub it real bad, and I say, you need to go back to Kansas. <clears throat> I told him he takes those good-looking girls of his and get his wife to sing, and I said, he's probably a shoe-in. But the truth of the matter is, we need men and women in ministry. You know, we, uh, this is going to make the 18th man, woman, or couple sent out of Shawnee Mission Baptist Temple. 16 since I've been here in 32 years. I just want you to know, I'm praying it doesn't stop. We've got a young man in Bible college training to preach. We've got some young men and young ladies right here. I think, you know, before it's all done, God's probably going to call a couple of them in the ministry. And you may say, not my kid, not my kid. Listen, you better be willing to say, God, whatever you want to do with them, they're yours. We as a church, we need to love them, encourage them, strengthen them, and just pray for them. God would lead and guide in their lives. Why? Because the light needs to shine. The light needs to go forth that this world might know Jesus. Christmas missions offering this year will go to support our missionaries. But before you give a dollar to support our missionaries, how about you give some prayers on their behalf that God would strengthen them that God would guide them, and God would use them for his glory. Lord, we love you today. We thank you for the opportunity to be here in your house and to worship you. Thank you, God, for sending your son to die upon the cross of Calvary. Thank you, Jesus, for going and dying there in my place, taking upon you my sins, dying in my place, that heaven might be my eternal home. Holy Spirit, thank you that someone came and shared with me the good news of Jesus. And they came over and over, different people coming and sharing the good news, until that day that I got on my knees and I confessed my sins and accepted you as Savior. God, I pray today that you want to stop calling. I pray that you would call from our church, young men and women who would be willing to be used for you. Young people who would be willing to say, here I am, use me. I pray around the world, God, the harvest fields are white on the harvest. There's a great need of those who would go and preach. We pray for Chuck and Crystal, God, that you would lead in their lives and guide them. And if San Marcos is where you want them, then God, make it evident to San Marcos that they need them. Make it evident to Chuck and Crystal that's where they're supposed to be. And then by your grace, you make it all happen. Lord, give us someone else to train. Give us someone else. I'm getting older, but I'm still willing to train them. God, give us more. Give us more. That the cause of Christ would continue to go forth. Thank you for your goodness and your love to us. Use this invitation for your glory. We love you. We ask it in your blessed and most holy name. Amen. Would you stand with me today? We're going to sing just as I am. God spoke into your heart today to encourage you to come. Whatever your need is, you're here without Christ as your Savior. You were to die right now. You don't know that heaven would be your eternal home. I'd encourage you to come. Let's take a Bible and show you from the Word of God how you can know that you're saved and on your way to heaven. Christian friend, maybe just pray for others. Greatest time of the year, Christmas. Greatest time of the year to share Jesus is Christmas. Let's be faithful to be missionaries everywhere we go telling everyone the good news of Jesus Christ.